Stay wide awake. <laughs> wide awake. Say that with me. Wide awake. Well, thanks so much for being here this weekend, wherever you're at on campus, those who are watching online, the different campuses around the Bay Area. You know, that's the big theme as we start this new year, uh, to live this year wide awake. I don't want to sleepwalk my way through 2018. Instead, I want to be wide awake, wide awake to new opportunities, why awake to new possibilities? Why awake to what God has for me this coming year? Now, what happened to Pastor Ken? I mean, he's so full of energy and he's so full of vitality. Has he been drinking Red Bull for breakfast? No, actually what happened is Pastor Ken went to church and he began to pray a prayer. It's a dangerous prayer. The prayer he prays every day goes like this. God Wake me up before I die. And God answered his prayer. And Pastor Ken got woke. And that is my prayer for all of us. That we would live this year wide awake for the glory of God. Can somebody say amen? Amen. 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 So just to make sure we're all wide awake, everybody stand with me for just a moment. And we want to read this scripture together. This is our memory verse for the series. Would you say it with me? Let's declare the word of God together. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. One more time. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Can we give God praise for his word? God... Thank you for your glory. Uh, this, uh, this series that, well, we've been looking at the story of a man that we find in the Old Testament by the name of Nehemiah and tracking his journey as we learn what it looks like to live wide awake in 2018. And first of all, we learned how well, he, Nehemiah had tapped into the power of purpose and then we watched Nehemiah take a risky leap of faith and jump out of a perfectly good airplane. And today I want to talk to you about Nehemiah building a team, how it takes teamwork to make the dream work. 
In a few minutes, you're going to meet our very special guest for the weekend, Lorenzo Neal. And it's so great to have Lorenzo with us. Would you give Lorenzo a great big hand? It's great to have Lorenzo with us. In fact, in your bulletin, you'll see a card. On one side is Lorenzo's picture, and on the other side is the big idea for the weekend. In the midst of all the noise that clutters our spirit, let this break through. It takes teamwork to make the dream work and to be wide awake to the people that God wants to bring into your life in 2018. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment. Thank you for these wonderful people here at the Cathedral family. Thank you for all of our guests. Thank you for those who are watching online. I pray that we would hear the one thing that each of us need to hear today, that we would take hold of it, it would take hold of us, and we would leave here changed because we've met you in this moment. God, that's our heart, that's our desire. All God's people said, amen. amen. Let's give God praise, amen. Hallelujah. So before you're seated, wide awake, say that with me. Wide awake. Say it again. Now, just to affirm it to somebody, even if you have to go like this, look at them and tell them, we're wide awake. Go ahead. We're wide awake. Wide awake. Even if you play in the Pro Bowl, if you, even if you play in the Super Bowl, like Lorenzo, you know, it still takes teamwork. I, I had a friend... Uh, tell me recently, he said, you know, Ken, he said, grandchildren are God's reward for us not killing our own kids. <laughs> Does that sound about right, grandparents? You know, I, I had a chance to take my grandson up to the football game, and, and we, we have a blast, and anytime he and I, we just, he's my buddy, and I, I heard about this grandpa who took his grandson to the football game. And they climbed up the stairs, and boy, it was a long climb to get to their seat. And when they finally got to their seat, Grandpa was out of breath. You know, that happens, right? And so they sit down, and Grandpa looks at his grandson, and he says, out of breath, he says, wow, it's not easy to get old, grandson. I think I'm in the fourth quarter. <laughs> and a little grandboy, he looked up at his granddad and said, don't worry, Grandpa, maybe you'll get into overtime. <laughs> Isn't that great? But even in football, even if you've played in the Pro Bowl and played in the Super Bowl and you're an all-star, I mean, it still takes a team. It takes teamwork to make the dream work, to be wide awake to the people that God wants to bring into your life this year, even existentially right now in this moment, we're experiencing the power of teamwork, that here I am all by myself on the stage, but really it takes a team when we look at the, well, when we look at the field right up here. I mean, my daughter, Lauren, helps me with the research, and Karen helps create the stills, and Scott helps to create the videos, and Jolie helps to review the message, and Preston helps to run the screens. 
And we can go even further than that. I mean, there's the lighting team. It would be dark in here without them. You know, there's the sound team. It would be quiet in here without them. And there's the facilities team. It would be very messy in this place without them. Can we give up a big hand for our facilities team here at Cathedral? And then, of course, there's my wife who puts up with me all week long. So here I am. Amen. She gets the biggest hand of all for that. Yes, she does. Love my sweetheart. Uh, even though I'm up here by myself, anytime I'm up here running the play, it really takes teamwork to make the dream work. And I want that to get in your spirit that the takeaway for this weekend is this. To be wide awake to the people in our lives. Are the right people on our team? Are the wrong people on our team? Do we need people on our team? To ask God to bring us the right people so that in 2018, we can have the team we need to reach the dream God has. It takes teamwork to make the dream work. I'm wide awake. Say that with me. I'm wide awake. And that really is the lesson that we, well, the lesson from the life of Nehemiah. Oh, Nehemiah has this dream. He wants to repair the gates and rebuild the walls of the city of Jerusalem because back in that day, I mean, if the, the gates were down and the walls were down, I mean, a city couldn't survive. It couldn't thrive. The people inside were helpless and hopeless, defenseless without them. And so Nehemiah has this dream to rise up and build and yet he realizes he cannot do this on his own. And so when he meets with the people from the city, well, we find his speech in Nehemiah chapter 2. Let's track with that speech together. It says, you know very well what trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us, would you say that with me? Let us, say it again. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Then I told them about how the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. And they replied at once, yes, let us. Say that with me. Let, say it again. Let us rebuild the wall. So they began the good work. Nehemiah knew. This was a good dream. It was a God dream, but he could not do this on his own. And so instead of saying, let me, he says, let us, because it takes teamwork to make the dream work. And here's the big question. Think about this for a moment. Who are the people that God has surrounded you with? The people that are on your team. Are the right people on the team? Are the wrong people on the team? Do you need to ask God? God, help me to be wide awake to the people you're bringing into my life so that I can reach the dream that you have in 2018. I was talking with a 
young lady after service. I love to shake hands with folks after service and to hear every once in a while someone will share their story with me. And can I share with you as a pastor, while when you open up a bit of your heart and share your story with me, man, that that just really touches my spirit because it's your journey. And for you to share that with me, I, I really appreciate that. And she was telling me that uh, she looked, she had a big smile on her face, sparkle in her eye, and she says, Pastor Ken, I have been clean and sober for over a year. Isn't that fantastic? (laughs) Clean and sober for over a year. Wow, and I gave her a hug, and I gave her a fist bump, and I, you know, I just, I mean, I, I just cheered her on. I told her how proud I was of her, because if you've ever had an addiction... How many would just be real with me this weekend and say, hey, Pastor Ken, I either know someone who has an addiction, or in the past, I have had an addiction, or even today, I have an addiction. Let's just get real. Just lift up your hand. If you know somebody, if, you know, just, I mean, addiction is everywhere. And whatever kind of addiction it is, addiction can just be a beast. I mean, a beast. I heard the other day that, when it comes to opiates, it's 64,000 people in America are dying from opiate addiction every year. It's just a beast. It's an epidemic. So whether it's you know, opiates or nicotine or whether it's gambling or whether it's spending, when addiction has control of your life, it can be just a beast. And so for someone to rise up and to say, wait a second, I'm not going to let addiction have the final word on my future. Jesus is going to have the final word on my future. I'm going to rise up and build and take back a life of freedom. Hallelujah. That's a courageous thing to do. And the way she was doing it is with a team. I mean, she has, she's finding breakthrough with a team. She's a part of our Celebrate Recovery ministry. And in Celebrate Recovery, you'll find a great team of people who will support you and encourage you and love you and pray for you and hold you accountable. It's a, it's a great way. See, it takes teamwork to make the dream work. So who are the people that God has put on your team? And I just want to give a shout out to the leader of our Celebrate Recovery ministry, Pastor Richard Mock, who does such a great job. Pastor Richard, would you stand? Love you. Pastor Richard, love you, buddy. Teamwork to make the dream work. I want that to get in your spirit. Be wide awake this year. God, help me to be wide awake to the people that you're bringing into my life. I found this picture of a cat that was standing on a dog teamwork to make the dream work. I want that idea to get deep in your spirit. God is speaking to somebody this weekend. Well, being wide awake, wide awake. Say that with me. Wide awake. God, I'm wide awake to the people in my life. Find your team for your dream and then learn to say, oh well. The gift of Oh, well. Would you practice that with me? Say that with me. Oh, well. Now let's say it with a little bit of attitude. Can we do this? Everyone say it. Oh, well. (laughs) Let's try it one more time. Everybody with a little attitude. Oh, well. Right? 
Now, this is very important skill to learn because when you read the story of Nehemiah, it's amazing. Here you have Nehemiah, this great leader, this great caster of vision. You have goal ownership. You have much of the city rallying to be a part of this building project. And yet, right in the middle of all this building, you still find this in Nehemiah 3.5. Look at this. Some men repaired the next part of the wall, but their nobles refused to do any work at all. They didn't pay any attention to the people who were in charge of their work. But their nobles refused to do any work at all. But it's a good project. It's a good dream. It's a God dream. But the nobles refused to do any work at all. And this reminds us that no matter how good your dream is, no matter how much it's a God dream, no matter how much you cast vision and gain goal ownership, you're never going to have everybody on your team. So stop trying. What happens to me, I don't know if this has ever happened to you. What happens to me is I want everybody on the team. And then I spend a lot of time and a lot of energy and I get frustrated and I get angry and I get exhausted and I just, I don't know what to do because I want everybody on the team. And yet what I've learned is that no matter how good the dream is, no matter how much it's a God dream, there will never be a point where you'll have everybody on board. But here's the good news. You don't have to have everyone on board to reach your dream. You just need to have the people that God surrounds you with, amen, to reach your dream. And so here's what I've had to learn to do, and maybe you can too. I've had to learn to do this, that I want people to rise up and build. I, I ask people to rise up and build. I wish people would rise up and build. But if people say, I don't want to rise up and build, I say, oh, well, <laughs> I'm still going to rise up and build because God is surrounding me with the people that I need in order to achieve what he's called me to do, if I'll be wide awake with the gift of, oh, well. <laughs> See, here is, well, there's a story that I have in my book, and in this story, there's a high school senior, and he was asked to write a paper about his dream, and he said that when he got out of school, what he'd like to do, he had a dream to one day own a horse ranch. Well, the teacher gave the paper back and gave him an F on the paper. And she said that this is not a realistic dream for you. You have no money. You have no resources. If you rewrite the paper with a more realistic dream, I will consider changing the grade. Well, that high school senior, he took the paper home and he thought about it for a week. And then the next week, he... He turned the paper back in, didn't make any changes at all, and he said, you can keep your F, and I will keep my dream. Amen. That, so hold on to your dream. That's what you call the gift of, oh, well. 
Someone is in the house this weekend, and you need to have the gift of, oh, well. Quit getting frustrated, oh, those who won't buy in. Look at who, be wide awake to the people that God is bringing your way, and go with them so that you can achieve your dream for the glory of God. Let's give God praise, amen. Wide awake. Wide awake. Say that with me. Wide awake. And that brings us to this last thing as, as God surrounds me with the team. And I learned to have the gift of, oh, well, I wish everybody would rise up and build. But I'm going to focus on those that God has brought my way. And together we can rise up and build. And when we do, we unleash something called the power of synergy on our dream. The power of synergy. The Bible says this about Nehemiah in rebuilding the wall. It says, on the 25th day of the month Elul, the wall was completely rebuilt. It had taken 52 days. Time out. Think about that. The wall had been broken down for 150 years. But Nehemiah mobilizes the team the team works together and they complete the project in 52 days. Are you kidding me? How long would it have taken Nehemiah? I know it's a ridiculous question, but how long would it have taken Nehemiah if he said, I don't need anybody else, I'm just going to do this on my own? Would he still be working on it today? It's a ridiculous question, but sometimes... In my life, oh, I'm going to do this all on my own. And we're working and 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 working. But if we would find the right team and be wide awake to the people God's bringing our way, it would unleash the synergy in our life. 52 days. I was reading about a certain kind of horse called a draft horse. Now, a draft horse is especially bred, it's big and it's muscular. I mean, every horse is, looks big to me. I'm, a, I'm kind of afraid of horses, Those, you know, giant heads and that big bowling ball eye. I just, they scare me. But this, this horse in particular, I mean, is a muscular horse and they were bred for pulling weight. And so over history, they've been used in that way. And if you take one of these horses, just one of these horses, and it can pull Get this, 8,000 pounds. One horse has the power to pull 8,000 pounds. Now, when you put two horses together, well, you know, if you put two of them together, how much weight do you think they could pull? How much? 16,000. That's what I thought because one plus one equals two. And if you add two horses, then 16,000 pounds. But they find that when they put two horses together and they harness their energy together, that two horses can pull 24,000 pounds. That's the power of synergy. There's a spiritual principle that goes like this. One plus one equals three. When we are working together and we bring our energy and our effort and our knowledge and our gifts and our strengths, and our experiences, and we harness it, 
and we're all moving in the same direction. We can do much more together than we could ever do on our own. The Bible says, how could one man chase a thousand or two put 10,000 to flight? It's through the power of God working through synergy. We can do more together than we can do on our own. One plus one equals three. I heard about a wife who was talking about the, the teamwork that she had with her husband. She says, it takes two of us to take out the trash. She said, I can't carry it, and he can't remember it. <laughs> it takes two of us. You know, synergy works in a positive way, but here's the thing. Synergy also works in a negative way. Somebody needs to hear this. Because when we have negative synergy working together, when I get with you and you get with me and we're moving in a negative direction, oh my, by myself I can get a ticket. But together, we'll find a way to go to jail, amen. <laughs> See, synergy works both ways. If we will discover the power of synergy and unleash it, in a positive way. The Bible says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. So again, here's the big question. God, help me to be wide awake. Who are the people that you're bringing into my life? I want to be wide awake to them. Maybe God's giving you a nudge to join somebody's team and to pursue a good dream that they have. Uh, this is what happened with our church here last year. We joined the team. We didn't create the team, but we joined the team. And it was a team of churches here in the Bay Area. Uh, a, a team, well, Holy Spirit Parish and St. Timothy's Lutheran Church and Good Samaritan Episcopal Church. These churches have formed what is called the Village House. And the Village House is committed to housing, using our facilities to house homeless women who are especially at risk in our community. And so we stepped up last year and we joined this team. And I was so proud of the folks here at Cathedral. Many of you stepped up and volunteered. And well, it was amazing to see our team at work. And Pastor Robert just gave me some stats uh, about Village House. And I wanted to share a praise report with you. That with the women we served last year, that nine of those women have secured employment, that seven have had improved health outcomes. Amen. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Isn't that great? Sixteen were struggling with addiction. Thirteen have showed improved sobriety. Hallelujah. Six have been meaningfully reconciled with their family. That's a very big deal. Very big deal. One completed a semester of community college with a 4.0. That's better than I did in school. Amen. And 50%, what? 50%, what? 50% have found permanent housing to the glory of God. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Yeah. See, when we ran that play together as a community of churches, whoa, we can do more together than we could ever do on our own. Mother Teresa once put it this way. She said, 
I can do things you cannot. You can do things I cannot. But together, together, we can do great things. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Wide awake. Say that with me. Wide awake. God, make us wide awake to the people that you're bringing into our lives, creating space for them, making time for them, fostering teamwork in our lives because it takes teamwork to make the dream work. And I'm bringing up somebody who, our special guest, he knows a lot about teamwork because he played on a team in the National Football League for 16 years. And he made the Pro Bowl. He played in Super Bowls. He's one of the very best at the position that he played. Uh, he's a strong person of faith, a fully devoted follower of Jesus. He hosts a program on 95.7, the game. It's the flagship ra- uh, station for the Raiders and the Warriors in the morning. And I, I listen to him just about every week. He does such a great job. And, and it's so awesome to have him and his family with us this weekend. I want you to give a great big welcome to Lorenzo Neal. Give a great big welcome, Lorenzo. Yeah. Wow. Oh, Lorenzo, it's so great to have you here and, um, and to have your, your wife here and your daughter here. And uh, just thanks so much for, for, for being with us at Cathedral. Uh, Lorenzo, maybe let's start with your football career. I mean, you played a long time in the NFL, and yeah. so I'm sure there are lots of memories that stand out. But is there, is there one story that you look back on and say, well, I'll never forget that one. That was a highlight for me. Oh, there's many, but there's one that always sticks out. And a lot of you guys probably think, oh, NFL, National Football League. But I'll tell you what we would tell, what say what it meant in the locker room. We'd say it stands for not for long because usually you don't play a long time in the league. They're trying to replace you. But there was a particular time when I was playing with the Tennessee Titans. And uh, it was, it was, we always went out every Friday we kind of have a walkthrough on Saturday, and Friday was a short day. And we were having a good year, and every week we'd do this play, and it was called the home run throwback. You know, I was on a kickoff return team, so the ball would be either squib kick, because it's an end-of-the-game type of play. Usually you have to be losing for this play to be implemented. And so it's called the home run throwback, and every week we practice it. And you're always, this message is in right in line with the teamwork makes the dream work, and it was going to, we needed a miracle, and we needed a dream for it until words become reality. I remember we'd practice this play every, every week. We'd practice this play, the home run throwback, and you're like, some guys were like, when are we ever going to use this? Is, can this play really work? I remember we went, I think it was 14 and 2, and we were playing against the Buffalo Bills, and we are playing uh, in, Tennis, in Tennessee, and I think it was 27 seconds left. And Alan Lowry was our special teams coach, and he calls the play, home run, throwback, okay. And, and at practice, I could get the ball, and I could either throw it, I could pitch the ball back and do some other things with it. And I remember after he called the play, I go over to Frank Wycheck. He was on the team. I said, Frank, they're going to kick me this ball, and I want you to get all the credit. You know, I, I'm, I'm the superstar. I don't need it. So I'm going to pitch you the ball. You throw it. So if it's, if it's a bad throw, it's on you, not me. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I remember the play like it yesterday, and 
I remember, sure enough, they kicked the ball off, and it seems like it's going in slow motion. I'm like, oh, my God, it's coming to me. Lord, please, if there's a God, let me catch it now. <laughs> and uh, I remember the ball came to me, and Wycheck came up, and I ran for a little bit, pitched it back, threw it over to Dyson. 90 yards later, we win the game, no time on the clock. Uh, it, it catapulted us to the Super Bowl, so that was definitely a mo- time where teamwork definitely made the dream work. Oh, that's a, that's a great moment. Wow. And isn't that uh, still listed as one of the top five plays? Yes, and top five plays in the NFL. Is called, that a name for yes, it? Yes, now they named it the Music City Miracle. Music City Miracle. Well, here at Cathedral, we believe anything's possible. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, you know, Lorenzo, on a career path, um, as well as your faith journey path, I mean, all of us know what it is to have setbacks or challenges. Can you point to maybe one of those setbacks, challenges, and how God helped you to overcome that. Yeah, I, there's many, especially there's some on the field, there's off the field. I remember my rookie year, we started off and I hit the league with the, with the boom, with the bang. I was leading the league in Russian for only two weeks, but I felt pretty good. I thought I was going to be rookie of the year. I was feeling good and I, I break my ankle and um, screws and pins and didn't know if I was going to come back and through hard work and perseverance, I was able to come back and play 15 more years. In my Christian walk, there's been times in my life that you know, being from a, you know, small town, Lamore, California, and being a, a PK kid, you know, we have that in common. And um, I strayed. And it was times out there where I became selfish. And just like how we serve God, sometimes when you serve the devil, it's, it's, it's a job. And just like I have to get up every day and pray and do those things and think about the things you do as a Christian, when you're out there, you kind of forget who you are. And you kind of forget your purpose. And so I served the devil. I, I served evil, and I was out partying, drinking, doing things that everything that I was big enough to do. And at those times, those were some dark times in my life. And at times, you're like, wow. And you just look back and thank God for the grace. You thank God for his, you know, saving grace that while you were out there doing everything you were big enough to do, hurting people, doing things that, that you know, being a sinner and he still had compassion to bring you back and without with sparing your life. So, so grateful, so blessed that in, the, in my darkest hours, God was still there. Well, that's a great word. There's something about the grace of God, the, the perseverance of the Father, that God never gives up on us. Wherever you're at this week, and God's grace reaches us right where we're at, meets us in that moment. Um, Lorenzo, as... I've heard you say, and it's just a fascinating phrase, that, that what you did is you, you, you played, uh, playing football is what you did, but it's not who you are. Right. That just is such a powerful phrase. Can you share with us what that means to you? Yeah, to me, I said, you know, football is what I did. It's not who I am. And it's just interesting because my whole life, I played a game. And I remember being seven years old in the backyard and at the time watching the San Diego Chargers and a great quarterback that I love was Dan Fouts. And I remember watching Dan Fouts, Kellen Winslow, Chuck Muncie, Charlie Joyner. So you're a young kid and you realize what kind of sphere of influence these athletes or entertainers kind of have on you. So from seven years old to 38 years old, I was out there playing a game, playing a grown man, playing a kid's game, and at times got a king's ransom for it. And... It's just interesting when you're in Pee Wee where the Bengals and, you know, on the helmet it said Bengals. On the back of the jersey it said Neil. At Lamore High School where the Tigers on the helmet had Tigers. On the back of the jersey it said Neil. 
in Fresno State, FSU, not Florida State, the real Fres FSU, Fresno State Bulldogs, of course. <laughs> there we go. You know. There we go. Keep this California, Exactly, exactly. And uh, said Bulldogs on the helmet, on the back of the jersey, it said Neil. And then in the Saints and, you know, was with the, you know, play with the Buccaneers. And always it had your name on the back. And one day, Pastor, they come over to you and say, Mr. Neil, we're going to have to get that jersey from you. And who are you? What do you have? And it's not the crash that kill you. Sometimes it's the sudden stops. And to all your life, you've been since, you know, from 8 years old to 38 years old. So for 30 years, 32 years, you played a game. And those are moments where you got to realize, who am I? When they take it away from you and you're, you're going through and it's the disconnect, not being a part of a game, not being part of a fraternity. At times you're like, wow. And you can head down to self-destruction because of the fact that you were given so many things, opportunity to, to go out and do certain things and be around people and you were someone. And all of a sudden, who are you? Who's going to how does that defy you? And those are times if you don't know who you are. And those are the times that when I was wondering, you know, when my dad and mom was making you to go church as a youth and you're there. And those are the times that you have to reach back and say, thank God for your grace. And not just that, but thank God that you have a foundation to be able to get you through some of the times when you're, when you're all alone and there's no one there to say, hey, you, you're the man. No one there to lift you up. It's just you and God. Mm. Wow. And your identity found in him. That's uh, that. And Lorenzo, I thank you for sharing that because I, I think that's so important in our culture, especially here in the Silicon Valley. We can, we can define ourselves so much by what we do. Sure. You know, I'm an engineer. You know, I'm a designer. I do this. I, do, I am this. I am that. And then when we're laid off or when things shift at the company and, and you know, downsizing happens and then we, we lose a sense of who we are, but when, we're, when our identity is rooted in Christ... No matter what happens out here, I know who I am. Amen. Yeah. I'm yeah. loved by God, loved by the Father, and my identity is in Him. And that's, that's such a powerful point. Uh, Lorenzo, as a dad, uh, talk yeah. to me as a dad and as a person of faith. Um, it's a very personal story about your daughter, how your daughter has battled health challenges, and just how that, you know, how you work through that, you and your wife, yeah. and just as a family. Yeah, it's just, it's interesting because, you know, when you're, when you're blessed with a lot of things and you have the opportunity to experience a lot of things, sometimes your faith is challenged because of some things that you've done, put yourself in tough situations, but you still have to have faith. And I'm so blessed. My son's at the Purdue University engineering program, playing ball, got a full ride scholarship, have twin daughters that are 14. And I remember when my twin daughters were born, they were born December 22nd, and, and three months in, they get their shots, and one of them, they have a fever that night, and one of them stops breathing, and named Nylea. And I remember it's 12 o'clock at night, and we jump up, and we're praying, and we're calling 911, and, and your mind just flashed back, and you're just like, God, what do I do? And at those moments, and at those times, the only thing that you, you're not thinking about how much money, you're not thinking about where you're going, you're not thinking about any of those things. Only thing you're thinking about is your daughter, and the first thing you're thinking about is also God. Mm -hmm. And you know that there's a God that you serve that can answer all prayers. And so it was just at those moments, at that time, you just fall on your knees and you're praying, and you're asking God, spare my daughter, spare her spare life. And, and he did. And but the tough thing about it is, you know, she suffers from Darvet's and seizure disorder. So, you know, she's special and she, we love her to death. And, 
You're going to be with, she's probably going to be with us our whole life. But at those times, you know, it's, and it's still hard. It, it's challenging on your marriage. It's challenging on your walk because you've, you've had so many things. And no matter how much money, no matter what you can do, you're, you're, you can't, you're, your best is not good enough. And sometimes you're turning around and you're sometimes even questioning your faith and questioning, God, why me? And then you look around and you're like, you know what? But still grace. In spite of, in the darkest hours, when you're seeing your daughter, you know, sees and it's right in front and you can't do anything but just pray and cry and ask God to just help you. Those were tough times. And if you didn't have, if I didn't have my faith during that time, I don't know what would it be. Boy, thank God for, for his love and his grace that meets us in every season of life. Boy, I, I really think that's speaking to somebody here this weekend. If you're walking through one of those moments that God meets you right where you're at. Uh, Lorenzo, if there are people here that maybe, you know, they know about Jesus or, or have heard about Jesus, but they've never, you know, there comes a point where you, you become a follower. There's, you step across the line. They may be right up next to the line, but you've never stepped across the line and become a follower of Jesus. What would you say to folks out there that are, are maybe right there, but they've never stepped across the line yet? I would just tell people out there that tonight, today, rather, that God is good, and he's a forgiving God, and he knows the desires of our heart, and he understands that there's a war going on, and it's good and evil. But he asks you just, I stand at the door and I knock. He doesn't say he kicks in the door. He's there. He's an all-present God. He's a God that never lost a case. He's never lost a sick patient. God is so merciful. And all we have to do is come as we are. When we're out there and we're trying to find a, a loved one or significant others and we date, we, we put on our finest clothes and we, we have on our best behavior. But God doesn't care about that. He just wants you. He wants us to say, God, here I am. Amen. That's what he wants. Amen. Wow. Just as I am. I'm going to invite you if, to bow your heads with me for a moment, all those watching online. And if you're here this weekend and you haven't stepped across the line, but today you want to make it your day. You don't know everything about Jesus, but you know enough that you want to become a follower of Jesus. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And just as you are, bring who you are authentically to God, and God meets you right where you're at. And if you're making that decision today, I just want to agree with you that today is your day. So wherever you're at on campus, those right here in the room, those watching online, would you lift up your hand if you're saying, Pastor Ken, today I'm making a decision to become a follower of Jesus. Just lift up your hand real high. Anybody else? Just right down here, all across the audience. God bless you. Up in the balcony. Say, Pastor Ken, that's me, making that decision to become a follower of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to invite everybody to say this prayer after me. Mean it with all your heart. Say this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you. I need a Savior. I cannot save myself. And I believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world. And I put my faith and my trust in him. I receive Jesus as my savior, and I put Jesus in charge of my life. I surrender my life to him. Thank you, God, for loving me like you do. 
and for making me a part of your family. Now let me pray for everyone. Father, thank you for those who are making that decision today. The Bible says all heaven rejoices at this moment. And I pray for all of us, wherever we're at on our journey, God, that we're not meant to go through this year on our own. But I pray that you would help all of us to be wide awake to the people who are already in our lives or the people that you're bringing into our lives to make room for them and to be intentional because together we can be who God's called us to be and do what God's called us to do. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen.